welcome to Alphabet Fly and Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests. We talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is Jackson. Hi, I'm Jackson. So, Jackson, uh, since you're new on the podcast, uh, do a little bit of your plugs up front. Yeah, sure. So, I am one half of Gratuitous Pausing, and we are a film podcast. We do... We do movie brackets, pick a category, and assign them kind of, not quite at random, but like without any real care for what makes sense for the mashup. So like we did Bolt versus Snow White, and um, I think it's like Dinosaur versus Cinderella is up soon. No, Dinosaur versus Sleeping Beauty is up soon. I'm I'm just trying to think. <laughs> like I'm trying to think in what universe I would have to pit Bolt against Snow White up against each other. And the weird thing is, I don't know who would win snow white is a lovely lady but like disney snow white is you know pretty passive doesn't really have a lot of skills and most of her skills are singing to animals so if bolt wants to like fight her he's gonna have like the end of like being a cute puppy and then i don't know using those teeth that doggies have also um but out about the time this will come out hopefully is a study in Granada, which is a friend and I going through the Sherlock Holmes uh, television show produced by Granada Television, starring Jeremy Brett and David Burke as Watson, and reading the stories and, I guess, analyzing the adaptionness of it. Now, what year did that come out? Uh, late 80s, early 90s. I think the ones were, it starts in the, early, in the late 80s, so we're, you know, okay. in that zone. Because I'm not really... Like, familiar with that adaptation oh yeah it's really good we've gotten through about a season so far of that we've recorded and it's really well done um it's very faithful i like that a lot well as a person who has not read a lot of uh sherlock but has watched a lot of adaptations i guess it would be good to watch a faithful adaptation angling as a book club because each episode is based on a short story pretty directly so if you want to read along, you can. Okay. Well, I, I am a fan of having a reason to do something to enrich my life at least a little bit. Because I won't do it on my own. <laughs> so, God, right? Uh, yeah, so today we're going to be talking about someone who's very powerful in business and, and taxes and synergy. Other, other business words. The power broker. Do you know anything about power broker? What do you think the power broker is? Okay, um, I'm guessing supervillain. That sounds like a thing. Probably like well dressed. Oh wait, no, this is comic books, so he probably has like the ability to like give and or take powers. Yes. So, what do you think he looks like? Well, you said sharp dressed. You actually got it on the on the spot. Except sharp dressed in the eighty cents. So, basically, you know, dressing up like you're a child. I mean, I think, like, in my head, I think just, like, business suits that have, like, a matching color or something. What's a... What do you mean dressing like a child, exactly? By what I say dress like a child in sharp dress in the 80s, it's just... Clothes just being way too big and pa- just padded and everything. Just oh, makes no. everyone look like a, to- a toddler, basically. If they're <laughs> <laughs> That's what I meant. Oh, I'm, I'm excited. This is going to be a good look. Yep, that's exactly what I was expecting. He looks um, like 80 businessman. Yeah, his head is more square than I thought it was going to be, but, um, yeah. He looks a little different nowadays. He has, like, purple purple skin, like a 
jaw thing and like a uh, white hair. He looks different. I think they just just I think whoever was drawing him later is just like, and eh, uh, he looks like a white dude. I'm gonna you know make him look a little different. <laughs> right. Although honestly, like looking at the like purple with jaw thing, it doesn't look better. Like I'm more likely to trust uh. Squarehead blue suit guy, because at least I know exactly what he's about by looking at him. I know that he's going to take a bigger cut. I know that I'm going to regret this deal. But if I'm making that deal, I at least know what I'm getting into. With purple and jaw guy, I'm like, am I going to get what I want or am I going to get beamed to space? I don't know. So his real name is Curtis Jackson. So you're you're half of this person already. Oh, cool. He is a criminal entrepreneur, a former West Coast manager of the corporation. And now head of Power oh, Power Broker Inc. Yeah. So, do you want to know about the corporation? I, I sure do. <laughs> okay. So, uh, the corporation, capital C, is an evil corporation. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Good. So, um, yeah, we're done. Wait, he. By the way, this is just a subtle. Uh, yeah, the corporation is just an evil corporation. There are a lot of those in Marvel, so I appreciate that they're kind of just like. Exactly what it says on the tin? Well, the thing is, it's like, there is a lot of those. Don't get me wrong, like, Roxxon being the, like, the Ur-Evil Corporation. I don't know why they didn't name anything else. When you try to look it up, it just says it's an evil corporation that I, that worked in America. Like, it's just like, why don't you nail it down to one? But... So, um... It might be just, like, a plausibility thing, because, like, if you say, oh, we work for the corporation, you have to spend a little bit longer figuring out exactly where they are, and by that time they can cover their tracks, or obscure your stuff, or hack your phones, or whatever. Well, I was created in, like, the 70s, so maybe not the hacking, but... Oh, they can definitely hack your phones. Oh, they could... Well, they, I mean, they could phone freak. Um, so, in American Gods, because so many people believe in, like shady government men in black who have no names or official government jobs that just do government things. Those people exist now. I think that's kind of what the corporation is. It's just, it's the platonic ideal of the evil corporation that exists in the collective unconscious of the American fear of capitalism. What I'm thinking the corporation would look like is it would look like the exact person who recently said that the murder of someone's son does not, uh, relieve the debt, student loan debt. I think that's the person, what they would look like. Yes, it really does. It would look like that awful, awful person who told a mother whose murdered son, who happened to die when he was young, right after he got out of college, she would have to pay his student loan debt because apparently dying isn't enough. Like, debt isn't internal. So, yeah, capitalism's bad, guys. We need to get rid of it. Power Broker seems to have made it work, so how does Power Broker make capitalism work for him? Uh, well, we will get to that after I get to what makes him a person. Um, Ooh, sure. So, yeah, so he is the head of Power Broker, Inc. He's known to go some certain government officials, some U.S. Uh, Army officers, and uh, LAPD. He currently has no criminal record. He's a rating twat trial. He has no other aliases, and he has an unrevealed male status and place of birth, and no relatives. 
he used to work, uh, he used to have the base of operations of Acatras Island. Of course. Mid-State Tower in Central City, California. Various Power Broker Inc. bases and is an Machine Man. Uh, machine Man? Machine Man, issue number seven. With a nation against him in October 1980, uh, 1978. And, uh, yeah, he feels like a 70s villain. I can see that. Yeah. Well, he... Um, and I need to read more Machine Man. So, Machine Man, um, I think we talked about it with uh, Daniel, because he was on my 200th episode. Machine Man showed up in the 2001 A Space Odyssey uh, comic that Jack Kirby did. That has almost nothing to do with what <laughs> 2001 Space Odyssey. I've seen 2001, and I cannot tell you what it's about, so I don't blame Jack Kirby for not bothering either. The bad thing is, uh, because it's license, there was never a collection of it. So I have to mm. buy each individual 10 issues, which is going to be a pain, but whatever. That's just woe is me stuff. I just wanted that just so I, because I want to just do like a straight, just run of Machine Man. Like just talk about all the Machine Man issues, which ends in one of my favorite it, it covers ever. Uh, it's uh, it's issue number nineteen, the complete uh, the complete year collection special, and it's and it says uh, or guess what, Mag won't have a twentieth episode issue. It's just kind of Jack Kirby throwing stuff at a wall because because his because Machine Man's not getting another issue. It's also the first issue where Jack O' Lantern shows up. I'm guessing Jack O' Lantern is exactly what he sounds like. Um, imagine, uh, jack-o'-lantern-themed Green Goblin. I always imagine a jack-o'-lantern-themed Green Goblin. Like, when I'm, when I'm praying to my ancestors, it's exactly that. So, yeah, he first showed up in Machine Man, uh, number seven. So, fairly early in the oeuvre of Machine Man. His name was revealed in Captain America 230. And then he was revealed as the power broker in Captain America 330. So I kind of want to know why the why there's so much of a... Like when you need some sort of shady corporate dude and everybody else is busy at the time, you just kind of like... I assume that Marvel writers have like a list of everybody by archetype, and they're like running down the list, like who can we get for this episode? For this- issue and they grab power broker for those i will tell you he's been in less than 60 issues but he does pop up he does pop up in so many books and he does make a pretty good like impact on those books as well so his first known activities was the head of the west coast division of the corporation a powerful criminal organization ran along the same lines of a business firm aka a business firm (laughs) <laughs> it was also known as Corporation West. In order to capture an advanced robot known as Machine Man, he uh, Jackson had Machine Man's friend, Dr. Peter Spaulding, abducted and brought to a secret, secret Corporation West base. Uh, then Machine Man went to the base hoping to save Spaulding's life. So his formerly secret base now. Then Machine Man hoping to save his life 
uh, instead became a captive. Jackson intended to have the corporation scientists study Machine Man and create duplicates of him. And then they would, of course, sell the duplicates. But then Spalding was set free and Robot, I mean, uh, Machine Man was just like, yo, I'm gonna destroy your base if you don't let me go. And guess what they did? They let him go? No, they didn't. He exploded the base. Oh, well, nice. Uh, Machine Man decided, well, left. Machine Man planted a double agent, the Blue Streak, in, uh, in S.H.I.E.L.D. Whenever Blue Streak was exposed by Captain America as a corporation agent, and they, they realized that uh, Falcon, or Sam Wilson, a.k.a. the better Captain America, was actually captured in Alcatraz Island in San Francisco. But yeah, it's that uh, Marvel Man, now known as Quasar, and invaded the base and found Falcon. Yeah, whenever uh, Captain America and, I guess, Quasar uh, invaded the base, they found Falcon being held by Jackson. You, hmm. of course. Oh. Yeah, yeah, you. Listen, I would hold Sam Wilson as long as he wanted me to. Sorry, let me get my words right. Because they, they have a typo, which actually matters a lot. <laughs> Oh no! Okay, so uh, they captured Bruce Banner, but they have Bruce Manor here instead. So someone, someone really messed up. Is Bruce Manor also a thing? <laughs> no, it's Bruce Banner. Well, Bruce Banner. They decided to use both of them as hostage. Sure. Also, sorry, I- I'm I'm stuck on this now. I want something called Bruce Manor, where it's just. Bruce Banner, but he turns like a house when he gets angry. See, the the only thing, the only reason why, like, I think, like, this could be a thing is because, like, if it if it was like a Machine Man issue, or if it was like a Howard the Duck issue, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, of course, there's someone named Bruce Manor, right? I get you, and stuff like that. You know, like it, it's a Hulk that's really, really polite, so he never punches. <laughs> Like, you know, like I that, love him. That yeah, it's pretty cool. Also, a thing I want to bring up. So the current the current event, which is being written by Jerry Duggan, which means it's probably going to be the first good event they had in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, they they have a thing called like Infinity Warps, basically like um, like the Infinity Stones that were reformed were broken, and a bunch of people got combined. So they're doing like an amalgam universe, but in only Marvel. Oh, cool! And Ant Man and the Hulk got combined. God, so the ma- yes. more, so the more he, so he gets stronger and smaller. The matter he gets. So you basically have this tiny, incredibly strong man who you can't see <laughs> coming after <laughs> you. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, uh, yeah, I love it. I love it. That's why I love Derek Duggan. He's such a good writer. I, I I trust I trust Jerry Duggan to be the architect right now because he's also writing um he's also writing Avengers, so he's going to be the one in charge because they finally kicked out Bendis because he's such a bad writer when it comes to when it comes to ensemble stuff. But I'm just excited. I'm excited for this for the next several months of comics. Yeah, that sounds great. Like I. I hope that we like see that translated to other platforms as well. Like that's just a good idea. There was just a big old battle because uh, the because Banner decided to get mad and people didn't like it when he was angry. I'm really not sure who was like 
holding the Hulk hostage is going to go well for us? Well, it's a prob- It's a plan that comes up a lot. Okay. Jackson, you, decided to destroy the Machine Man. So what you did was you sent a bunch of men to basically gas him and paralyze him. And then uh, a corporation agent, disguised as Machine Man, abducted the Hulk's friend, Trish Starr, before the enraged Hulk's eyes. And uh, challenged the Hulk to meet him at, at the Dr. Peter Spaulding's uh, house. And... <laughs> In Central City, California. <laughs> so the Hulk was just like, yo, you you stole my friend. Hulk mad, Hulk smash, Hulk hate puny machine man. Um, and he decided to, you know, bite. And they they did tremendous combats with each other. <laughs> that's a really weird sentence. Wait, that's a real sentence in the yeah, thing? They engaged in tremendous combats with each other. <laughs> I kind of love that actually. That's a, that's a that's a good line. If they had more than if they had more than one fight, it was a combat. It feels very like Thorish. Like I can feel, I can see like uh, I can see Thor going like, "Oh, we had tremendous conflict with each other back in the day, or whatever." This is one of the most typo-ridden <laughs> entries I've read. They learned together that it was you who was holding them by holding hmm. a holding Trish. Uh, the Hulk went to attack you. Ah. Confronting the Hulk, atop of the building, he threatened to shoot Star if the Hulk tried to stop him. But then Machine Man followed the Hulk and took his gun and tore it and was just like, yo, stop it. And then the Hulk, then the Hulk was just like, yo, puny businessman, fall off eight-story skyscraper with my fist. He happened to um, fall off eight stories. Oh. Unfortunate. Yeah. But then the machine man saved his life and handed him over to the police. I guess that's the right choice. The corporation ended, but thanks to but thanks to Jackson's lawyers, he escaped a conviction and mm. founded a new company, which he headed himself, uh, Power Broker Inc., which was based in L.A. And it was its specialization was um strength augmentation to superhuman levels he kept he kept the fact that he knew he kept the secret that he was the head of the company by basically naming himself the power broker so he's just, he he did do curtis jackson zinc we give people powers i mean power broker is a way better name for that like he's it's a good branding choice but it, it is known who he is by most of the people who deal with him. Like, he doesn't hide it, but he mm. doesn't necessarily broadcast it. And he worked with a Dr. Carl Mollis, who was the creator of the strength augmentation, presumably. Mm. Um, we talked about him earlier, because his last name starts with him. So, oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but he was also, he was also portrayed by a ethically unconcerned hippie dude on Jessica Jones 2, uh, season 2. Yeah, yeah, he's like an ethically unconcerned hippie dude, I think is the best way to describe it. Yeah, like he was all about, like, coulda, not shoulda. Yeah, the clients, the clients of, uh, 
Power Broker Inc. would undergo like a bunch of chemical and radiation treatments that would alter their bodies. If they had like a gene that would, if prodded, would give them like super strength or most of the time it's super strength, but some other power. Oh, sure. Like the, the meta gene, basically. If they, if they had a meta gene at all, it would activate it to superhuman mm. levels. But if not, it would turn them into basically misshapen, mentally defective monstrosities. Ah. And they were left they were left to live in the sewers of Los Angeles. <laughs> I so Daniel's podcast, um Okay Crusader, the first entry that we looked at was Vermin, who it was the same thing where somebody turned him into a rat person and then just stuck him in the sewers of New York. And I like that Marvel's sewers are just full of genetic experiments gone horribly wrong. It's I think it's just a tradition at a certain point. It's just like, hey, refuse. Get off this. Get off this street. Just just be uh just be a weirdo underground, please. I mean, I think we've all been there. Yeah. I mean if like I have been on record, if I could just live underground and still get like a good internet signal, I'd probably do it. God, right? So anyway, he he has this um, genetic augmentation lab. Uh, a lot of people that work with him were subjected to the strength augmentation process. Among these are the firm's own team of moving men, the sweatshop. So basically, he just made a bunch of super powerful people just so they could hire less people to move stuff. Which sounds like a corporation thing to do. He's like one of the reasons why you have a lot of like... Not like low-level henchmen, but like mid-level henchmen. You know, like the named mm. henchmen uh, have like super strength. Right. Because it's just like, hey, you have powers. But we need to have you have like the most generic power there is, which is just super strength. Well, I mean, super strength also comes... Well, it won't work unless you also have super endurance and... And super... Uh, dur- well, super endurance and super durability. Right. Well, so... Pretty useful, but at the same time, you know, yeah. pretty generic. Uh, he also worked with the U.S. Army on Project Augment, the only known recipient of superhuman strength under this project was a soldier codenamed G.I. Max, and I'm going to look up who G.I. Max is. I bet he's going to just look like a generic white dude. Oh, he was in eight issues. Yeah, he, he's just a really buff soldier. And he's only showed up in Captain America stuff. I can see that. Yeah, he's... It's such a waste. You could do so many things with, like, exploring, like, American Army aesthetics into superhero stuff, but he's not that. Like, if every muscle was a different color of the um, camouflage stuff. He also... the One of the people who provides super strength... To the wrestlers in the Unlimited Weight Class Federation, who includes Sharon Ventura, who we talked about earlier, Dennis Dumpty, aka a Demolition Man, aka D Man, and the and the uh, Grapplers, who is an all female uh, female uh, wrestling team. Oh, um, who I also talked about. You should definitely. Look at my Grapplers episode. I think I named it 
the glorious, uh, the sorry, the grappling ladies of a limited weight class federation. And the only way that uh, someone in the unlimited weight class federation could wrestle is if they had super strength of at least three tons. There's no, that's the only really limit there. You have to have at, be able to lift at least three tons. It seems silly. It also makes makes sense for how like saturated the Marvel Universe is for people who have just like low level superhero stuff. So I get why you would have like a place for that. Cause, like, yeah, not all of them are going to go off and do heroics. I get why they would want a day job that you know just pays. Of course, wrestling would be involved because like, why not? There's no reason for it not to be when you have all these people with low level super strength. Yeah. That's it's a really sensible idea and people would watch that. Yeah. Like, I feel like because of how like common superhero fights are in crowded places, like wrestling can be as interesting as just turning your TV onto the news to see like who Captain America got into a fight with this week. About like about two thirds of the people in the unlimited weight class federation got powers from power broker inc um but that was broken up by ms marvel that's shannon ventura no relation to the other ms marvel at all and the thing you know kind of broke that up and whatnot after that uh captain america basically is just like hey d-man you're cool why don't you be my friend and guess who's our friends now it's d-man and captain america it's quite adorable. Oh, uh, that's good. Friendship. If you want to read a good D-Man story, also featuring the best the best pup in the universe, Lockjaw, um, you I should read the Lockjaw, Lockjaw series. It's three issues. It's about Lockjaw trying to find his family across the Aww. universe. And it's very adorable. And you can see little puppies. And also Lockjaw just, just making D-Man's life just not that fun. There's some more stuff happened with G.I. Max, and then uh, Captain America accidentally, fatally shot him, apparently. Oops. He's 5'11". And he weighs 235. He has gray hair, but he dyes it brown. He's a person who um, is a businessman, so there's nothing else there. He seems like a utility character more than a character that compels the story. Like, he's necessary to get us, you know, the unlimited weight class wrestlers to um, like, to have shady corporations and that kind of thing happening in the plot, but he's not, he doesn't seem driven enough to be, like, a, a primary villain, and he doesn't, nor does he have, like, tragedy to make him, like, someone who I want to see redeemed. I'm... He's a good utility character. Like, yeah. I, I do agree with that. I don't hate when I see him. He was, like, one of the major villains in a run of The Astonishing Ant-Man, uh, the one written by Nick Spencer, before he went to write Nazi Cap. But he was the creator of the Hinch app in Ant-Man, Astonishing Ant-Man, where basically uh, it was Uber for henchmen, superpowered henchmen. <laughs> so, like, if you wanted a crime done... If you want a crime done, but you didn't want to do it yourself, you could just, you know, pay probably a pretty good amount. But not as much as you think it would be. But, like, a good amount. It's another great thing that could only happen in, like, a comic book universe. Yeah, that's very utilitarian. I want to see this person, like, in a... I want to see this character be, like, a primary, or at least a noteworthy villain in a thing where, like, they du double down on, like, the 
the corporate aspect. The corporate aspect and kind of be like, well, what would logically happen in a in this universe? Kind of like how the MCU kind of has a lot built up now. You can kind of you can take time for the side stuff with like um, uh, damage control and Spider Man Homecoming or whatever. Like this guy's really good for kind of. Exploring the logical fallout of this world that is so oversaturated with superheroes, and I appreciate that they, like, I appreciate that he has that really good function. Yeah, well, it, it, well, as I said in like the uh, the Doctor Carl Malice episode, he plays a really good role if you need someone to push the story in a certain direction, without it feeling like a plot conven- uh, contrivance. Right, because, like, he's been around forever, and he kind of has this, like, he has a brand. No, he has a brand. Like, the fact that, the fact that he put out an app called Hinch and Hinch X, which is, like, if you wanted to, like, split, you know, the cost with someone on, on a henchman, it was pretty fun, because, like, the Astonishing Ant-Man was, it's less about superhumans, superhero stuff, and more about Ant-Man trying to run a security business. And it getting oh, messed so up because people are people are now able to just order a henchman. That's so good. It's like I want more stuff. Like I would, I would definitely like to read a, like a limited series. Like you know, yeah, on, exactly. Like, on, like just the power broker and just corporations. Like just injecting like that dry corporate stuff. Like if they did like a better a better off Ted, but in like Power Broker Inc. Yeah, exactly. Be great. Be great. Just make it a comedy series where just they're just awful and evil and just like we're mercenaries basically selling powers to the to whoever can sell uh, can ever afford it. Pretty cool. Right. Yeah, and you could do it like a very like like ludicrous dark comedy thing that just plays into the cynicism of corporate America, or you could go more nuanced with it and explore the relationship between money and power if you wanted to. Uh, yeah, you I can do that, all of that. Well, you can yeah. do all of that. You can explore the nuance, the nuances of money and power, and also make it incredibly deeply dark humor. Yeah, that's fair. We're done talking about the power broker. Um, so, is there anything else you can think of? I think I'm good. I th- I so looking at like other Google stuff for him. So like he's been, he does he's been around for a lot of things, but I also un- understand why I haven't heard of him as someone who isn't super into comics. Like, not, like, the expanded stuff, because he doesn't have quite a hook yet. He needs something to, like, make him really push up to the upper echelons of comic book villains. And, honestly, I think it works better as him just being a background character. Exactly. Just because, like, because I'm going to harp on this a lot, because apparently having a literal fascist in power makes me a little bit more leftist. Um, But, like... Corporations are just a background evil we've been dealing with ever since we've been born. Right, and even if you put, like, one evil corporation guy down, there's always more evil corporations that will just spring up, and, like, as a sort of natural phenomenon. And this guy's always there to, like, make sure those corporations have, you know, an IT guy. You know, the whole, the poor being tread on so the rich can keep their shiny things, but whatever. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're done. So let's talk about your plugs. As I said before, got plugs for Gratuitous Pausing, which is a film podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, uh, we're on Podbean. 
And then also the study in Granada, which is should be out by now by the time this comes out, and that's also going to be on Facebook, Twitter, and wherever we host it, because we haven't had a plan yet, because this is pre-recorded. Okay. Well, uh, my name is Jesse. I have a podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids. Um, I also have an Instagram, where you can look at pictures of my very handsome cat, who's doing something really weird right now. If you want to see pictures of my handsome cat, you can go to my Instagram, at MarvelousMooch. If you'd like to see the pictures of the people we're talking about, uh, today, I guess for today's episode, you'll just see a white man in a suit. But, so, yeah. Uh, you can if there's something you want to see, you can do that. Yeah. It's not like you could just go downtown to any place you live at and see the same thing, but, you know, it's whatever. He's tall. He's a tall businessman. <laughs> something. Um, okay. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I... I'll, if you'd like to just talk to me or see the pictures of the people we're talking about, you can go to the HodgePod group on Facebook, Alphabet Flight on Twitter. And uh, besides that, um, I should have a Patreon out by now. So, you know, if you want to donate, if I get $25 a month, I will do an extra episode of a week where we talk about the pets of Marvel. Because I have the pets Marvel. The Marvel pets handbook so it's beautiful like, yeah so uh this has been alphabet flight and may madcap show you how truly mean life is bye bye, bye.